As we all struggle to become quote unquote successful entrepreneurs, it just makes sense to look at the lives and the examples and the experience of those that have gone on before us and done it. Our guest today is, well, I would venture to say very successful. She's had several successful businesses. She's become a good friend of mine. And today we're actually going to talk about a little bit of a touchy subject, which is how our relationships with past friends, family, uh, just the circles that were around change as we continue to not only succeed in business, but as we continue to try to make our businesses succeed. We have Lil Roberts from Zindu.com. She's here to share all of the information, and we're so glad she's here. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan, and in every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock, in the AM and the PM. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the AM PM Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the AMPM podcast. Today is going to be one of those episodes where we talk about something a little bit touchy-feely, right? Something that, like, even before we, we got started on this episode, my guests and I were even talking about how this might be a tiny bit uncomfortable to talk about because it's more personal. But those are actually the episodes that all of you listeners love because we talk about some stuff that maybe other people don't talk about too much and needs to be talked about. They're topics that uh, kind of weigh heavily on our hearts, but sometimes we don't want to bring them out into the open, right? So maybe we can address them here. And frankly, this topic is something that I have struggled with myself. A lot of my friends have struggled with, and I really want just to hear the answers and the wisdom from our guest today. So our guest today is Lil Roberts. He has a company right now called Zendu, X-E-N-D-O-O, which is a great bookkeeping uh, and accounting service for, well, would you call it a service, Lil? FinTech company. It's a yeah, it's like a software mixed with a service mix. It's like the new 2021 version of getting your books and accounting done. It's great. Um, I was introduced to Lil by my good buddy and partner, Norm Farrar. And he said, Tim, you got to meet this lady. Like, She's awesome. She's got all sorts of cool stuff going on. And the more I hear about her and hear from her and the more time I spend with her, the more I realize this is somebody that I need in my life someone that can kick me in the seat when I'm doing something wrong, which she's, she's helped do occasionally and someone that I just uh, enjoy being around. But I think that the reason I enjoy being around her is I realize that there is so much I can learn from her based on her experience. So to get this episode started, what I'd like to do, Lil, is talk a little bit about like your business experience. Give us the 10 minute like history from your very first hustle to all the businesses that you've successfully exited to where you're at right now. So can we can we get like a 10-minute version of that? Sure. Thanks, Tim. And, and look, I just love you. You are somebody that is heart first in life and uh, and just an amazing human being. So thank you for having well, me on you. today. And, uh, and thank you to Norm, if you're listening, because that's how we met was through Norm and we were doing a podcast for your masterclass. Yep. Um, and, and we can say this is actually the second recording of this podcast. We actually did this a month ago and the files were corrupted and we were all ticked off that, that it delayed everything. But I think now I'm excited because the topic we're talking about today is different than what we recorded a month ago. So I think all of you are in for a treat, even though it was delayed, but 
Go ahead and hit us with the uh, the little history there, Lil. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, we're going to have a little uncomfortableness, and I think it's going to be more on my side huh, than on yours. You're the guy <laughs> asking the questions. so I might shock you. I might shock you. I love it. I love it. Um, serial entrepreneur, right? So my background is serial entrepreneur. Uh, first hustle, you know, when you say first hustle, it brings a big smile to my face because when I think back about it, uh, and, and all, I think, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners all have a first hustle, right? And my first hustle was... Um, selling um, my games on the pinball machine. So I went to this, there was a pinball machine. I was probably 12 years old. I'd go in and put a quarter in and, you know, I'd rack up a whole bunch of games. And uh, now you don't even put quarters in. So obviously I made a date myself and I'd rack up a bunch of games and then I'd sell them off to the people that were waiting around, the other kids that were, you know, waiting around. So I'd sell them for 75 cents or a dollar. They'd lose them right away. I put my quarter back in. I'd get the next set of games, sell them off. You know, I'd make a few bucks every day. Um, and have fun playing. So that was my first hustle. Uh, and, and I just, you know, I love business. I think that for people that are business owners and entrepreneurs, it's, uh, you're almost born with it, right? You're, it's like, you're looking around, you always are solving problems and, and looking for solutions to problems. And probably what's unique about me as, as an entrepreneur is that all of my various businesses, I've had about eight, nine businesses and all my various businesses are in different industries. And so I didn't realize it until I intentionally launched Zendu. And one of my friends said, you know, your secret sauce is you just do things in different industries. Usually people will stay either in the medical field or in the e-com field or, you know, some kind of common thread. Um, but for me, I love to build teams and, and I love to build companies and, you know, people first. Uh, and, and I love technology. So this one's a technology that's technology first, but without the humans. Um, you don't have a, you don't have a business. So I can give you a little more detail. I mean, uh, grew up super poor, uh, and, and from being super poor, it's not about money for me. Uh, it's about, you know, it, it's about creating, it's about creating a business that is a separate living, breathing entity aside from yourself. And I think that, uh, one of the common things that, that happens in business is that, People who are in business for the money, um, they'll they'll you know take whatever they can get out of their business, and they don't treat it as a living, breathing entity. And, and they I, usually fail. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so let me back up. Let me let me go back to a couple of things you said. You've had eight or nine businesses, and just because I've heard some some stuff from you before, I, I it's fair to say that you've never had a business actually fail. Correct. Correct. So you have had eight or nine businesses that have succeeded. You've um, I would say you've been very successful by most people's standards. Is that, you know, a, a, can you humbly say that's an accurate statement? Yes. And, and I hesitate cause you know, I'm very humble. So, so, so yes. It, and it's not about money. Like I don't wear, you know, flashy clothes or diamonds or anything like that. Um, it's again, it's about building it and, and, and most of them are, you know, living, breathing still business. Yeah. They're still operating. And I think that, you know, those of us listening, and I can speak for myself, like I want to be the guy that when I'm, you know, 20 years in the future can look back and say, I built all these successful businesses. I won't be able to say I never had one fail because I have had some fail to, to date. Um, but just being in business, you know, as many times as you have and succeeding, I think that that puts you like in the top 1%, right? And I know you've got some some cool stuff going on, like you're taking on the presidency of the EO 
uh, South yeah. Florida chapter, right? Which entrepreneurial's organization, is that what that stands for? Yes. Um, so you work with startups, you work with founders, you work with VCs, like you're deep in this space. Um, but I want to go back a little bit to what you said about uh, growing up super poor. And I want to address that a little bit because that's kind of the route that I want to take today, leading up to a conversation I had with another female entrepreneur today. And, you know, I kind of want to give a little background here before we start. And I'll, I'll re-summarize what Lilith's already said. She grew up not necessarily wealthy. You know, she said poor. She has since then become very successful, you know, through... Uh, a number of successful businesses. Um, she is a leader in the entrepreneurial uh, world, especially, you know, in at least Southeast U.S. Um, I think that many people listening, myself, would be very envious, you know, um, if we look very closely at her success. And I also grew up exceptionally poor. I didn't realize how poor I was when I was growing up, but now I do. You know, I remember like a profound moment in my life was my sister. This was like 1998, 1999. My sister, a year younger than me, wanted a pair of Timberland boots. Remember the, the Timberland boots that were really popular around 2000? And my parents could not afford to get her a pair of Timberland boots. We got one pair of shoes a year, essentially. And it crushed her. I remember her being so crushed that everybody in school was in these Timberland boots. She wanted these Timberland boots. And my dad finally broke down and went and bought her a $60 pair of Timberland boots. And he couldn't make his car payment that month. And like, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like it, it was so nice of him to do that. But how did my parents get in a situation where they were so poor, they couldn't buy their daughter a pair of boots, right? And I don't mean that judgmental. I just mean like, that's not where I wanted to be. And I think that, you know, that along with just some natural hustle and entrepreneurial sense that I have, like made me realize I didn't want that. Like, I didn't want that for myself, my family, my kids. I didn't want to be living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I assume, you know, similar situation for you, Lil, like you just found this, drive to be successful, not necessarily for the money, but probably for some of those other reasons, right? Like stability and being able to take care of the people around you and all that. Spot on. So, you know, stability, number one. And so that's why I build companies for, for a family feel. Um, I, my dad died when I was 10. And so we were, you know, food stamps didn't eat really well the last two weeks of the month because we ran out of money and, you know, it was spam and all those, you know, things that aren't very good. And, um, and so for me, I wanted to be able to just go to a grocery store and never have to calculate what you had in the cart to know that I could just buy whatever I wanted and I could go to a restaurant and eat whatever I wanted. And so food and providing food for my team uh, and, and stability for my team are super important. I think we're all products of everything that we have lived up until yesterday, right? So how we live our life today is everything we've experienced up until yesterday. You know, it's funny you said like you wanted to be able to go to the grocery store and just buy groceries. Man, I've had that moment where I've been at the grocery store and went, I don't know how much these groceries are going to cost and I don't care. Like, how nice is this? You know, you go on vacation and you're like, we go to any restaurant we want because it's that little thing. You know, so many people in the entrepreneurial world say, oh, success for me is being able to pay cash for a Lamborghini. I'm like, dude, I just want to go buy as many groceries in one or two carts and not have to worry about it. Like, and, and I think that goes back to maybe the, the way we were raised or the way we grew up. I was having a conversation today with another female friend of mine and, and someone that you've recently met also. Um, and she's now the CEO of a, of a thriving company in the e-commerce space. And we were talking about the, I, I don't know, this, this weird things that happens with our families, right? and our friends, the people that we're around, you know, especially in our, our younger lives, 
And as we go on this entrepreneurial journey and start finding success, it actually creates some friction, right? Because as I continue to evolve as, you know, whatever I am, whatever you want to call me in the business world, I start to become more distance from those in my personal life that don't understand what I'm doing. Um, there was a pivotal time where I uh, was sat down. My, my parents recently died, you know, three years ago, yeah. and I was pretty close with my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law. And I remember they had an intervention with me about the time that I wanted to leave the fire department and uh, just go full time into this business stuff. And, and that, you know, they told me things like, you're not smart enough to run a business. You know, um, you know, you're putting your whole family at risk by walking away from a steady paycheck. You're going to be one, you know, one hustle away from becoming bankrupt. And the thing that stuck out to me most was when my father-in-law, who was a business executive for Boeing, you know, big companies, he said, Tim, you need to be satisfied with what you have, you know, meaning the salary job as a firefighter. Anything beyond that is just greed. You are just greedy. You are just trying to, to get more money, to buy one more toy, and it's just selfish of you. And it was crushing. And this person that I was talking to this morning, this, this other female, she said, She's recently had that experience where she was, you know, talking to one of her family members about this, this event that she went to and this fun, these friends, and they literally bashed her for, for doing these things, you know? And what she told me was like, she feels this rift now with her family and she feels like this, this distance opening up, which is kind of inevitable where your friends and family don't understand your drive to be an entrepreneur. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I've kind of given my example of that a little bit. Um, we were talking before we started recording and you said the same thing. You said like, sometimes it's tough because you have friends and you have family that don't have the drive, don't have the, the understanding of what we're doing. And I don't know what the cause of it is, but it creates friction and creates problems. And it creates a really tough situation for us because, you know, there's this thing back there dragging us down. And, and a lot of times it's the people that we love in our lives. Wow. So first, you know, kudos to you because you just shared what we call an EO, the 5%, you know, and that's, that's what it's about, about being with fellow entrepreneurs, right? Is because it, it's your safe space, like that you can share the 5% that's in your heart and your head and that you're not going to be judged. And I think that when you look at what are the reasons why that the, that you that people have these reactions or emotions around family members that start to do good or friends that start to do good is because every relationship in life is a mirror right and so if you have friends and all of a sudden one of your friends is doing really good that mirror is reflecting back to you like why don't you get off your ass and go do something and so when people are insecure in my opinion so I'll share my opinion about it when people are insecure about their, them, their own selves, then they're not going to react positive, positively in a, for somebody who's doing well. Like, I'm sure that anybody you see out there, and I know it for a fact, Tim, because I see it and hear it from you, that anybody who's out there doing great, you're like rooting them on. You're like, kill it, go for it. Like, you never look at it like, oh, well, why am I not doing that? And that's a common thread with entrepreneurs, that we want the best for everyone. And, it, and, you know, they look at it like, oh, you're driven by money because they're looking for a reason. And, and most entrepreneurs aren't driven by money. True entrepreneurs aren't driven by money. And 
they're looking for a reason to give themselves an excuse like, oh, I'm not greedy or, oh, I'm not that. You know, everyone to me should get up and live their best life, right? And living your best life is finding out what you're passionate about and being comfortable that you're passionate about that, provided that it's legal and that it doesn't hurt anybody else, right? So if you're, you know, if you're passionate about, uh, about volunteering, then go after it and live your life doing that. And if other people judge you for it, because people sometimes judge people for, you know, that they're too good or they're go out and do too much. Yeah. You're, you're a goody two shoes, wanted to join the Peace Corps or. Yeah. 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 And so, you know what, if they're doing that, that's all of that. It, all of us have to recognize. And, and for this female that you were chatting with earlier today, she has to recognize that, you know what, that's their baggage. She didn't do anything wrong. She's having an opportunity to live her life. And if people really care about you, they should be rooting you on that you have an opportunity to live your life. If you're out and you're killing it, and you have an opportunity to do something exciting and fun and, you know, adventurous, they should be happy about it, right? Or you're meeting somebody really cool. Be happy about it. Like, enjoy the relationship you have with that person. In like a simple sense, we would say, hey, if there's people dragging you down, if there's people that are being negative about your success, distance yourself from them. Man, that's tough because a lot of times it's our family. You know, it's lifelong friends. Um, how have you in the past managed those relationships knowing that they're looking at you with scorn, right? Or they're they're like, they don't even realize it, but they're chipping away at your, you know, resiliency. Like how do you, how have you in the past, because you've come through that situation, um, managed those relationships and addressed it? Like, do you just let it go and not bring it up? Or you go back to them and say, this isn't cool that you're doing this. Yeah. Can you give me, give me some advice. Yeah, totally. So it depends on, uh, it depends on the situation, right? So, um, personally for me, I'm of the, the mindset that every year around, uh, between Christmas and new year's, I think about the people that I'm spending my time with throughout the year and people that you outgrow people. So I want to get up every day and I want to learn. Right. And so I'm a lifelong learner and I want to be challenged and I want to be uncomfortable and I want to learn and I want to be able to, to, to make my, to do better, to, to do better by what's, you know, how good of a person can I be? How, how creative can I be? Whatever it is, right. How can I give back? Whatever those things are. And so when I look at in that last week of the year, I look at the people that I spend time with and if they're super negative, if it's the same story over and over and over again, and they just want to drag you down or they want to keep you back, I don't take them out of my life. I space them. And I think that there's a way that you can do that where you can space people. If they called me at two in the morning, I'm going to you know jump in the car and go help them, right? That's the right thing to do. But I don't have to choose to have that same conversation every week or every other week with them about that same problem that they don't want to take care of. And so I think that it is on us. So the advice I would share would be this is it's on us. Take responsibility for the things that you can control as a human being and don't try to control anybody else. I'm not going to try to justify who I am or why I am. Either they love me and want to be my friend or they don't and no hard feelings. I'm going to continue to live my life the way I want to live my life, which is challenge myself, which is run hard, which is jump higher, which is do all the things that I can do. That's This is my life and how I choose to get to, to live it, right? And I don't judge them for their life and how they want to live it. Do you think that maybe there's like some intention, like some necessary balance? And 
And I ask that because I'm not saying there is. I'm, I'm just raising the question because we as entrepreneurs are reckless. And I remember, you know, my father-in-law saying that you're always one hustle away from, from, you know, bankruptcy. And there were times in my life where he wasn't wrong. I mean, we take big risks. We take, take big chances. A lot of times we don't have a nest egg. I left the fire department and I liquidated my entire retirement, turned it into what's called a ROBS, a rollover for business startup, invested it all into a business that failed. Like, so he's not wrong. So do you think that maybe we should keep 10% of, of our mind listening to that and maybe they help balance us? Or do you think that, that you just got to get it all out of there and not have those conversations? You know, business is my business. I'll be your family member. I'll be your friend, but we're not going to talk about business together. Well, that's a lot to unpack. So the, you know, I think that you have to be responsible for, for if you have other people relying on you, sure, you can listen to other people's comments, but I think the end all decision has to come from yourself. You have to be, you know, you have to listen to that quiet inside voice. And you knew, you know, you had an inside voice somewhere, Tim, that said, yes, I can do this and I can figure this out and I'm going to get there. Right. And, and so you had that and you believed in yourself and you knew no matter what, you'd figure out a way to take care of the family. And so don't live somebody else's life is what I would say. Live your own life. Be sensible. But live your so it's not bad to take other people's advice, like you just said. Like if someone reasonably comes to me and wants to offer their advice or wants to, hey, just make sure you're considering this, or because balance isn't bad. Yeah, I need that in my life. Sometimes I'm just way too aggressive. I need balance. So you think it's fair to say that balance and you know input in the form of balance and just you know advice is okay, but when it turns into just raw criticism, like that's unacceptable. Yes. Yes. So, so there's a language called Gestalt, G-E-S-T-A-L-T, Gestalt language. And basically, when you speak in the Gestalt language, you're not telling somebody what to do, but you're experience sharing with them. So somebody could say to you, well, you know, Tim, I tried that one time and, and it took me out. And here's the lesson I learned from it. You know, I learned that if I would have taken it a little bit slower and would have looked at it from ha what happens if this fails instead of how good that was going to be, then I may have realized and had a plan B. And so now that person's experience sharing with you. And so you're going to take nuggets from that and apply it to your own self, right? But if somebody says you're crazy, you shouldn't do that. Nobody wants to be around that. It's not right. Yeah. It's all tough, right? Because now what we're talking about is emotions and emotions aren't always logical, right? Um, I love what you're saying. I love your advice. And, and even what you said about a lot of times, this is a mirror. I think that with my father-in-law and hopefully he never listens to this. And, <laughs> um, but I, I think that was him because he was an executive at Boeing, but he sat in a cubicle his entire life. And every week he wondered, is my contract going to be canceled? You know, that we're doing for the government. Am I going to be fired? And there was always restructuring. There's always corporate bull crap. So although technically on paper, you know, if you looked at his LinkedIn account, he was a successful business guy. He was always miserable. He couldn't yeah. wait to retire. So I can't help but wonder, is he a little bit jealous? Like, like, does he just wish that he had the freedom that, that I have for my life? And frankly, I'm making a whole heck of a lot of money than he did, you know, even at his prime. So I don't know, but, but it's you still it tough because head. you hit it on the head, Tim, you know, people are jealous. So it, and it's a shame, like you'll see it where it's not direct blood, right? So you're not direct blood. So you're making him look bad, like the decisions he made in his life 
were a waste. And that's his, his own psychological thinking. Um, and, you know, when it, what's really hard is when you see like a, a parent, you know, a, a father or a mother that then aren't enjoying that their child went and did what they never could. That's what's heartbreaking. And let me just back up and, and go back to ground level for a second for all of you listeners. You know, what we're talking about, we're talking, we're talking to Lil, who has a fintech company now and has had many, but what we're talking about matters to all of you. Like all of you that are listening to this want to start a business or you have started a business, right? Even if you are at the, the very beginning of your entrepreneurial journey and you are buying stuff off the Walmart clearance shelf and reselling it on Amazon, you may be running into this. You know, I've had a lot of people be criticized by their family wanting to start how, you know, learning how to sell e-com or do gigs or, you know, affiliate marketing um, and be made to feel guilty. Well, why, you know, why for an extra 50 bucks a week profit, are you spending your Saturday morning going to TJ Maxx and buying stuff on the shelf and you should be spending time with your kids, right? Like, why are you doing that? So I just want to remind all of you listening, like what we're talking about, everybody experiences, whether just getting started, whether a small business, whether they're a huge business, it happens. Um, people ask me that all the time because I travel a lot. You know, in 2019, I flew a quarter million miles. Wow. This year, I am speaking at basically every Amazon conference in the U.S. And starting in 2020, 20, I'll be going international again. And I've had people criticize me like, Tim, why do you go and do this when you're leaving your kids at home? And man, I've struggled with that. Like, I can be, of course, there's a balance. You know, I have to say no to a lot of things. I would have loved to have been in Miami with you, you know, Lil, when, when, and I have to say no. So I do balance it. But I, I still, you know, deep down know that the things that I'm doing aren't going to last forever. You know, when I'm able to retire at 45, <laughs> you know, I can spend time with my kids when they're older and their grandkids and um, be able to provide a life for them and buy them Timberland shoes whenever they want it. Like, that's why I do it. So I'm not trying to get away from my family. I'm not trying to just go out there and live my best life and YOLO and be a party animal. That's not it. And it's so hard for people to understand. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? No, you're, you know, look, you're spot on. I think that, that it is, I hear from so many entrepreneurs that they go through the same thing. It's usually not family. It's usually friends that it starts to separate you from your friends because your friends see you moving past them and you're having different experiences and you're making new friends and you're, and they feel like they're being left behind. And, um, it's a difficult balance, right? And when you say, how do you balance it? it's, there's no, you know, clear cut pathway through it. It's about talking with a friend and it's realizing what it, what's driving that. And maybe if you can have that hard conversation with them and just say, Hey, I feel like we're not as close because, you know, you don't, you don't like what I'm doing for a business. Um, you know, how do we work through this? If you really value the relationship, ask them, how do we work through this? Sometimes the awareness alone will back them off. And this rift doesn't just open up when, you know, we look at the amount of money being made. It's not about, oh, I got a fancy car, fancy house, moved to a new neighborhood. It's also about time and allocation and interest and passion. Like when I first got started, I wasn't making money. I was making all the mistakes in the world and I was screwing up. But like I had a change of heart and a change of mind. Like the things I was focusing on, my friends didn't understand. So I think that entrepreneurs start to drift away from their past friends, not even before they start or when they start making money, but before they start making money, just when they start changing their focus and they start staying up till 2 a.m. trying to figure out how to do, you know, Manny chat bots and all this crap. Like it's the mindset shift that starts to change the rift. And then, you know, success further amplifies that. 
the one thing that that and I think you're you're spot on. I think we agree that you know to an extent we have to separate ourselves from that. Now it doesn't mean you have to disown your family. It just means that you have to compartmentalize your time with your family. When you're with your family, if they are detractors, don't talk about business. Don't take advice from business. You know, be a great family member, be a great friend, but leave your entrepreneurship at the door when you're in that relationship. And what I have found is that leaves me struggling. Like that leaves me empty. It burns this like gaping hole in my heart because I want to have my friends interested in the same thing as me. So I didn't do this intentionally, but I realized that I created a second family. As I started growing in business, I I found friends, I found family, I found confidants, I found people that I truly genuinely love in the same space as me. And I know that you probably could speak to that, um, especially like knowing your relationship with EO. Yeah. Can you talk about like maybe that shift for you and you started building a second entrepreneurial family? 100%. So, you know, when we're all in a room together, you feel the vibration. You just feel the air vibrating because you're amongst a like-minded group of people, right? So what you're saying is is 100%. It's know your audience. Like, you know, I don't talk about business to people that I know don't have an interest in business or don't understand business or aren't as engaged because it's not going to be fulfilling for them and it's not going to be fulfilling for me. So I look to talk to uh, to them about something that they're passionate or interested in. And so it's about finding your tribe, right? I mean, I think Seth Godin, right, had a book, Your Tribe. And so we all as humans need to find our tribe. And when we're young, you know, kids, our tribe is our buddies that live around us. And then as we grow up, if we try to keep them as our tribe, we're holding them back and we're holding ourselves back because there's only so many hours in the day. All we all have in this world is time. That's it. You know, more money than buy you more time. And, and so, and what is it? It's quality of life, time, and money. Those are the three things and pick two of them because you can have two of them. Makes total sense. Um, talking about that energy, um, man, I couldn't agree anymore. I have been on the phone just today. You know, we're recording this at 3 p.m. And today I've had at least six conversations talking about the upcoming Prosper show in Las Vegas. It's the middle of July, I think July 13th, 14th, 15th. And it's like the biggest Amazon conference in the country. Um, it's going to be incredible because it will be like all a giant family reunion. Like all these people that I love in the space that I've known for years that I have that like tingle with. Like I can get together with them, have an incredible amount of fun. I can relax. I can de-stress. I can unwind. But it's also a scenario where I can vent about business and I can talk about my successes and they'll pat me on the back instead of, you know, criticize me. Um, I know Lil, you know, you feel the same way. You're actually uh, co-sponsoring the biggest networking event in Vegas around Prosper. It is the the Helium 10 Social. I think we're looking at 500 people invited. Is that right? Yes. Massive venue. Awesome. And, and they've only asked for two sponsors and you were one of them. Um, you're making that happen, which is pretty cool. We love Ecom, Tim. I love Yeah, I get it. I get it. Hey, shout shout out to Zindu and 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 Prosper and you know folks like Helium 10 for making that stuff happen. Thank you. But I was recently again talking to this female this morning. We were talking about this phenomenon of like the energy that we recover, right? And I think that that what I want to talk about now is how we have to intentionally build a tribe, surround ourselves with these people and actually go out and see them. Um, I know it's been tough with COVID and it's tough just on Zoom calls all the time. I remember uh, eight or nine months ago, I think it was Steve and Melissa Simonson 
put together a Zoom game night. They use this software called Jackbox Games, and they got like 10 of us on, and we literally played like games on Zoom, and it was so much fun. Like it was so, so relieving. Um, a month or so ago, I went with a bunch of guys on a fishing trip to the very, very bottom of Louisiana, wow. right? And like we spent four days. It's all e-commerce guys. We had Paul Barron and Paul Miller and Abe Kamali and, you know, just, just some other great guys, and it was so relaxing. Like it was amazing. Um, how would you suggest to people that are just getting started out in business to find that tribe, to, to start to surround themselves with people that understand their successes, that will pat them on the back for their successes, that will understand their failures and help pull them up when they go through those failures and that they can eventually like really become lifelong friends with? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, great, great question. So, you know, probably an easy way to start would be, you know, look on meetups, right? So you could go on meetups and you can find anything about e-com. That's just meetups.com, right? Meetups.com. Yeah. So, you know, and it's kind of old school technology, but it still serves the purpose, right? So you could um, go, go that process you for, especially if you're finding like niche groups, right? The other way to go is get involved in the startup community where you live. So, you know, every, every place in America right now has a startup community. So get involved in that, find out, where there's a pitch night or where there's a hackathon or where there's something, maybe a fireside chat with somebody coming in and hang out there. You're going to meet a couple of, of people through that. Um, if you're somebody who's, say, older in business, like you've had a, a corporate career, um, go and volunteer. Volunteer at any one of these universities that have labs um, and entrepreneurial programs. And then you're going to meet people there that are interested in business. Yeah, that's, that's excellent advice. And I know that sounds terrifying for some folks. Um, especially like in the e-commerce world, a lot of us are introverts, right? And introverts doesn't mean you're shy. Introverts just means you expend energy, you know, when you're around a lot of people like it, like it, it empties your battery, so to speak. And it's terrifying. And sometimes we are just shy. Um, what I've found is that, if, if anybody will just make that plunge once, like just do it once, the rewards are massive, 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 because you do start to, to, you know, find people that you can draw inspiration from that you can chat with and talk to and vent to and um, brag to. Right. And that, that stuff's so powerful. If you're listening to this podcast, there's no doubt that you're putting in the time to increase your ability to succeed at business. Right. Otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me talking all these episodes about, you know, a bunch of crazy random stuff. So if you're willing to put in the time listening to, to content, but you're not willing to put in the time, to just go meet somebody, shake somebody's hand, go to a conference, even just be on a fly on the wall at a conference and, and meet, you know, have people just come up to you and talk to you like you're really missing a huge opportunity. Um, and Lil, I know that you have a vast, you know, business network and you have a lot of friends in business. Would you say that that is really one of the secrets to going back to our original conversation to like overcoming this guilt that people try to place on us for our success. Is that the big, the big thing that helps us overcome that is just essentially finding not a replacement, but a new family. I guess. Yes. If you look at it that, like that to me personally, I, you know, if they, if they have a problem with it, I just look at it. I just try to love them. You know, you just try to love my way through it. Right. So if they're if they're a friend and they're and I love them and and they 
you know, it's, it's hard for them. I just try to find a way to make it easy for them that I spend less time with them or it's not as apparent to them. And, and that's that. Um, but yeah, you know, just through life, you're gonna, you're gonna like, look, Tim, you're, you're a people collector, you know, right. That makes me sound like a, like a serial murderer. Yeah, like yeah, I have people buried behind my house. Yeah, but no, like you, you, you are, a, that's the highest gift anybody can have. You know, God forbid when, when you're no longer here, you will be so missed because you exude so much love to everybody else. Cause you're a people connector and you're, you're somebody who's genuinely interested in people. And I think that when you have that gift, you attract other people around you that have that gift. And if you're an introvert and it, and it costs energy to be around people, then live into that. Don't force yourself to be around people. Find, find, you know, what, what makes your heart sing, right? An introvert, what it doesn't make their heart sing to be around people. What makes an introvert's heart sing is to probably read some books or do, or be one with nature or to be with animals. Like everyone, I think if everyone just finds what makes them excited every day, then we all win. And then we wouldn't have these icky feelings. So let me also make a statement and tell me if you agree. And I've never really thought about it this way, but, but just listening to you talk this episode, I've thought about it. You know, when, you, when I think about the, some of the biggest personal crises I've had when it comes to business, a lot of them have been related to this. It's these relationship problems, it's stupid bullcrap drama that drags you down, right? Would it be fair to say that in the big grand scheme of things, those things that seem like a massive crisis now are actually very, very small on the big grand scheme of things? Thousand percent. So what I would say to you is it happens once. Okay. It happens twice. Okay. It happens three times. Shouldn't happen anymore. So when, and I get it, they're heartfelt and it's hard and all that stuff. But when you hear the story for the third time, then you got to change your dance, right? So if the dance is that somebody is jealous and so, you know, we'll take your father-in-law for example. So, so the focus with him, if I'm in your shoes, I'll give you a walk in my shoes. If I'm in your shoes and then he's my father-in-law, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to kill him with kindness and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to use the common thread, which is the grandchildren. And I'm going to find a commonality of the common thread with thread with the grandchildren and I don't care about anything else. I don't care if he likes what I'm doing, doesn't like what I'm doing, not going to talk to him about it. And I'm going to kill yeah. him with kindness on that. Will I maybe think he's an ass, you know, when I'm back at the house? Sure. Right. But it's not my stress. And I will say it doesn't bother me anymore. And, and I think, you know, the, one of the points I was trying to make was it seemed like the end of the world at the time, you know, when one friend or one family member or even your spouse, you know, gives you a hard time, but, um, you know, at least once, you know, once or twice. But it's such a small thing. Like, don't let it derail you. Don't let it become debilitating. It's it's just part of the process. Like, we all go through that and we're there. I'll even one-up you on the killing with kindness. What I did is I'd exited a business uh, several years ago. And my wife said, hey, I need you to take, you know, my dad, like, drop his truck off at the shop to have it repaired. So I had to give him a ride. And I <laughs> I had a check, a paper check. And I put on the center console of my truck. And then I put my cell phone on top of it. He jumps in the truck. I go to a gas station. And when I get out of the gas station, I pick my phone up, leaving this ridiculous check on the console. And I go and pump gas. And I get back in the car or in the truck. And I just put my phone back down like I forgot yep. the check was there. But I noticed the check was turned a little bit. 
And I just internally had this massive smile, you know, because <laughs> it was more money than he had probably ever made, you know, in a month or two months or three months. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a small victory, just, you know, a little flex. But uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I think that, you know, time heals those stuff. It ends up not being a big a deal. But I know a lot of people that let it stop them or let it crush them or let it discourage them to the point where they can't recover from it, you know, and, and don't do that. Listen, all of you that are listening, if you've experienced that, if you are experiencing anything like that, or if you will experience that, because maybe it's coming up, um, listen to what Lil and I have said. Like, we're not lying when we say it was a huge deal at one point in our lives, and it's not anymore. And we we can tell you countless, countless, countless people that go through it. Um, it is it is overcomable, and it's not as big of a deal or as big of a crisis as you think it is. 100%. 100%. So, so Tim, here we are. You know, we're six weeks out of Prosper. It's going to be the huge party. Um, it, you know, tips like is Prosper the show of shows for each um, Prosper is a good one to go. I'll, I'll tell all of you listeners, there's so much stuff happening this year. There are small meetups. Um, I mean, Carlos Alvarez has the biggest meetup.com meetup for Amazon sellers in the world. Um, he has stuff like three or four times a week in Miami. There's meetups all over the place. We have Prosper. We have the women's conference right after Prosper in Vegas. So it's the Friday and Saturday, which is just female speakers. It's, it's going to be great. I'll be there just lurking and, and kind of supporting the industry. I know, Lil, you're going to be speaking at it, which is great. We've got IRCE combined with Retail X in Chicago. We've got ASGTG. We've got Kevin King's Billion Dollar Seller Summit. Um, Danny McMillan's putting something together in the UK as soon as that lockdown uh, is relaxed a little bit. And uh, I'll be announcing some events later this year that I'm going to be hosting and putting together. Folks, listen, it does not matter if you've if if you're, you know, an extrovert, or introvert, if you're comfortable uh with with meeting new folks or not. Right now, plane tickets are cheap. Fly to one of these events, spend two days. If you hate it, what's the worst that happened? You miss you miss two days, you know, and you probably still learn something. Best case scenario, you meet some lifelong friends, you find some people that you can um commiserate with and some people that you can relate to, and it substantially helps your business. I don't think there's really a downside to that. No. And that's the way to get out. First, you know, you're filling all the you're filling all the buckets, right? You're hitting all the checks. Learn something, grow your business, find some new friends and have some fun. Agreed. So we need to wrap it up, Lil. And uh, as a common theme to uh, my podcast, and by the way, thank you so much for um, sharing this. You know, I, I know we said it was it was a little touchy feeling. It may not have come across that way to you listeners, but like I'm a little bit sweaty. <laughs> like I've kind of got that like that feeling of like, ooh, that was a little bit weird to talk about. Just, you know, Lil and I talking about personal experiences. Um, but Lil, it's obvious that with all your success, you know, we have something to learn from you, but also you must have learned from others. So the question I always ask is, you know, if you went to your bookshelf right now and pulled a book down that made one of the biggest and most profound impacts to your life that you think everybody should go buy right now to help gain some of that wisdom and experience and, and tips and advice for, for being a business owner or being an entrepreneur, what is the book that you would suggest and why? So very interesting because the book I'm reading right now is uh, Measure What Counts, but that's not the book that I would say. The book that I would say is a book called Go-Giver that a financial wealth guy gave me after one of my exes. He, and, and he was offering me that he put me in as a CEO with some equity and some various companies that that he had other people that needed somebody to come in and, and take the, the helm. Um, and he gave me this book. It's about an hour read, Tim, and it's called The Go-Giver. And it talks about leading your life 
from a giving place. And that when, when you do that, the opportunities and, and the, the, the mindset, everything will, you'll just have such a fulfilling life and you will surround your, yourself with people that are the same as that. And so I would say that's the book for the big impact that I'd pull off the bookshelf. Well, I will definitely buy it. I will definitely read it, especially if it's only an hour. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a like a light commitment. Some of the most profound books that I've read, you know, I read in one sitting, you know. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that advice. Thank you for coming on. I know you're busy. I know Zindu's rocking it. You've got a, a tight schedule, and we appreciate you coming on sharing this. If any of you listening have found value in this episode, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and share this to any entrepreneurial communities that you're aware of or send it privately to anybody that that might be struggling with this and, and let them know, hey, these two jokers on this podcast are talking about this thing that nobody wants to talk about, but we all kind of kind of come across. Um, if you want any past episodes, of course, you can check the platform. Also go to ampm.com and check it out. And I guess that's it. Lil, thanks for being on. And we'll see you here in a few weeks at Prosper. Hope to see a lot of you listeners there at Prosper. Come uh, introduce yourself to us. Let us get to know you. And we look forward to seeing you. Thanks so much, Tim. Greatly appreciate it.